the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. You're listening to Pure Opelka. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Oh boy. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Welcome to the third hour of Pure Opelka. I hope... I hope your your day is as spectacular as ours is here in the Northeast after a weekend of ridiculous rain. It was it was crazy rain last week. We finally got a break, so I'm happy about that. And I'm happy you're here. I'm happy you're listening. We are we're working hard. We're working hard to make this show live up to all the hype. And I think you guys are really a, a big part of it. You guys are the ones who help make it happen. So please keep downloading. Please keep sharing with your friends. Please keep telling your friends to be a part of this show. I do not have news on the eclipse day on the show. It is April, uh, August 21st coming up, a Monday just around the corner. And um, there is there's a website where you can go and it will tell you how much of how much of the uh, the actual eclipse you will be able to see. So uh, I'll send it to you. I'll tweet that out so you can see the link to it. If I if I can't arrange it, I'm really dying to be in the path of the complete eclipse. Believe it or not, it appears the Delaware actually has a fairly substantial blockage. So while I wouldn't be, if I, if I had to stay here, I wouldn't be in the complete block, but it would be, it would be pretty cool. It would be a substantial change from, from what normally we see in the middle of the day. So I'll, I'll tweet that out to you. You can see yours and uh, some of you. I, in, in our zip code here, it will be just before the end of the show and it's over 75% obscured. But I want 100%. I mean, you know, I want, I want to see darkness at, at 2 o'clock in the afternoon in Nashville, Tennessee. Even though it only lasts for a couple of minutes. But we'll see. We'll keep you posted. It's, uh, it's a Monday and it's the third hour of the show. And that means we always get a visit from our friend. When I say always, it's like 99% of the time. She's got a life and has to have a vacation every now and then. But Dr. Wendy Patrick, our good friend, author, pundit, pal, drwendypatrickphd.com is where you find out more about uh, Dr. Wendy, joins us on the phone. How was your weekend, my friend? Oh, terrific. And you know, Mike, I've always joined you when I've been on vacation. I've never missed. <laughs> You're kidding. We, th- no, you were no. actually, you were on vacation when you called us? Mike, I can't remember having a quote-unquote vacation that meant being unplugged. It just doesn't happen. So it's either working remotely or working physically in my office. So no, wow. you and I do shows no matter where I am. I cannot believe that. I am, I'm even more appreciative of what you give to us now. So you're, you've just gone up like two notches. If, if, there, <laughs> if there was room higher up, you've just gone up because you're already at the top Aww. of the heap. Now, Wendy, we didn't we didn't lay out too much politics because I want to do a little politics today and I want to get into your new article. But the drama in the last week, especially the last weekend in the White House, do you ever remember any administration having this kind of 
real actual personality conflicts and dramas this early in an administration? Well, the answer is no, but let me add a caveat to that. I don't ever remember any past administration being covered to the extent that this administration is being covered. I'll bet, and I certainly don't think it was as dramatic, but I'll bet every administration has its share of people that end up getting hired and fired and switched around the first couple of months or even six months where we are now. But I don't ever remember the, you know, the media being all over past administrations. Now, that's likely because they probably weren't as interesting in terms of a lot, like you say, of the colorful personalities. I also think it's true this, this president is being covered more because the people, at least some of the people he surrounds himself with, not only are as colorful or if not more colorful as I think, uh, you know, our, our new press secretary showed us last week. But I also think the way the president interacts with them through the tweets, through the, some of the controversy, you know, most recently involving Jeff Sessions, that adds to the palace intrigue that I think has caused this administration to be more interesting, that's not necessarily a positive, but more interesting than anything you and I have seen before. Yeah, it's it's unprecedented, I think, is the... That's for sure. The, the unprecedented presidency of Donald Trump. It's, it's just <laughs> fascinating for me to watch. But um, there there really isn't a lot going on today, which to me just opens up the um, the drama gate at at all of the networks because they don't have anything to report on. They all reported on North Korea on Friday and Saturday. They all reported on on the the mooch and his impending divorce. They all reported on sessions leading up to the week. And now you've got Kelly in place and there really doesn't seem to be any there were initial rumors that he might he being Trump might move uh, sessions over to take Kelly's spot. But that seems to have been right. just a, a weird rumor because it certainly doesn't think, seem, like, seem like anything like that is happening. But there doesn't seem no. to be actually any big news. As a matter of fact, the only news out of the cabinet meeting, which did you watch the cabinet meeting this morning? Yeah, I tried to keep I tried to stay focused and keep paying attention because it was one of the most calm, meltos meetings I think we've ever watched. What did you think? <laughs> there was one line out of it. This is the only line. I think worth repeating, this was the president saying when asked about North Korea, it's all of eight seconds. We'll handle North Korea. We'll be, uh, it will be handled. We handle everything. Thank you very much. We're, we're going to handle North Korea. It will be handled. We handle everything. I remember that. <laughs> that seems like that's you know the only thing that came out of that cabinet meeting this morning. Well, it's true. But you know what I thought was interesting, Mike, is that Jeff Sessions was sitting right across the table from Donald Trump. That had to have been, I mean, as if Jeff Sessions couldn't appear or feel more uncomfortable under the current circumstances. He put him right across the table. But having said that, you know, me, I'm a big body language fanatic. I actually thought watching Donald Trump when Jeff Sessions was speaking that everything about his body language was affirming and validating and approving. And I thought that was a wonderful showing of support in front of all those TV cameras and Mike in front of all the rest of his cabinet members. I thought that the action spoke louder than words. That was spoke volumes of the fact that he does intend to keep Sessions on. That's my read. How are we not seeing you on one of the network shows with this, you know, just the camera with no audio and Dr. <laughs> Wendy's got the pointer and she's drawing the lines and say, look over like John Madden used to do. Look over here. 
See this? This is what's what's going on here. I, I yeah, think that would so be a fascinating segment. Hmm? Yeah, and what's interesting about looking at Trump doing it is some of some people are very good about being able to control their body language. Trump isn't so good. So what you see from him is more likely to be authentic. Now I know he's practiced certain gestures for years, but we're, when it really comes down to it, we watch his performance in the debates, and we know that he's unable at many times to actually portray anything other than exactly how he's feeling at the time. So I just thought it was great for Jeff to be sitting there across the table and actually maybe get, it was a confidence booster for him. I thought you could even hear it in his voice. So I was very happy that that went down the way it did. And it tells us that he's probably going to stay in place. Well, I hope he does. I personally, that's a big personal opinion. I think Jeff Sessions is a, a star. And last week we talked to Mo Brooks about the offer he made, you know, to try and get everyone to drop out in case Sessions gets squeezed so he could come back and take his job back. And that shows you just how much love and respect is in in the world for this guy. They really do That's seem to sure. like him. Well, now That's let's get sure. to let's get to Dr. Wendy the other side. Dr. Wendy, <laughs> the advice columnist, because you have such great clarity on, on the stuff. And, you know, a lot of people in this audience are working on relationships or building or finding new relationships. And I think it's really important to get clarity on this. And and you gave us some good advice a couple of weeks ago, but you have a new column out now, don't you? Well, I have a couple new columns, but one of them is on where to go on a first date, because there are so many options anymore that it never is. It's almost an evergreen question as to, in today's day and age, where do you go? And uh, one of my latest columns on that talks about the reality that, let's say, you know, I know there's these very interesting options out there. One of the ones I've been looking into lately is this, have you heard about this whole dining in the dark option where you go and it's a restaurant that's in pitch darkness? Have you heard about this? I've, I've heard about it, but I thought that was like a joke and then it, it no, didn't. No, it's not. We, we actually had one here called Opaque, but it closed. But this column is about... The fact that attraction requires attention. And when people decide where they want to go and how much time they want to spend, one of the things that they can't skimp on is the opportunity to pay attention to each other. And one of the things that means is that your device doesn't sit between you on the table. It doesn't matter if it's off. Just its presence there is problematic and detracts from bonding. Your first date probably shouldn't be a movie unless you work in time either beforehand or afterwards to sit, look at each other, talk, listen. It's that kind of relational bonding that sometimes we miss when we think, oh, we're going to have an action-packed first date where we do some thrill-seeking activity. We may have a good time, but we miss the opportunity to build the kind of chemistry that will ensure a second date if it turns out we're interested in the person. So where's the best type of environment to go to on a first date? The, first, the best types of environments are ones that, that are inspiring to comfort and conversation. I cannot tell you, and I know many of your listeners may have had this experience as well, how off-putting it can be to accept an invitation for a first date and the other person has planned some romantic candlelit dinner somewhere where it is that kind of, of forging ahead, almost an intimacy boundary violation before you even get to know each other. It is so much more comfortable for both parties to make an initial date very relaxed, a more casual atmosphere, now classy for sure. 
but more casual to where the other party doesn't think that it's got some expectation of intimacy. So there are all kinds of things you think through on the front end. And I don't know, my advice is to go check the place out beforehand, because sometimes in name only, and you know, you look on the website, you think you know what you're in for, but it's always a great idea to make sure that your first date is going to inspire comfortable conversation, not a sense of awkwardness and forced intimacy. I like that. That's good. A good point on the, you know, don't rush it with the candlelit dinner thing and not too romantic. But what about the experiences on a date? Like, you know, somebody says, hey, let's go skydiving. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I got to tell you, Mike, I can answer that two ways. There is research that talks about transport arousal. And it is true that it is empirically proven that if you engage in a risk-taking, thrilling activity with somebody else, you will feel some attraction that will spill over to the other person. And that's been replicated for decades. However, if you choose to go that route, because there is something to that, just make sure you also include some type of face-to-face conversation where you can meaningfully talk to each other, either with the front end or the back end. Now, here's a dilemma. You don't want to be out for five hours on a first date with somebody when you don't even know if you're going to click. So many people feel like maybe a first date should be a shorter, maybe coffee, a light dinner, something where if one partner absolutely has to extricate themselves, they can. Uh, And also, there's also not that sense of obligation if you have your first date be something that's a face-to-face but that isn't too long. Maybe if you click, the next date can be that kind of a thrill-seeking adventure. That study show will build your attraction to the other person simply by virtue of engaging in exciting activity with them, even if it's an exciting movie. You know, there's even been studies where working out at a gym. I mean, there's so many different options, but the first date should be more of a getting to know you. See, I, I, I'm so far out of this world that I all of this is fascinating. <laughs> Good for you. You're, you're lucky. <laughs> well, it, it's, it's very interesting you. to me because I think the gym and yoga classes would be the last place I would want to be on a date with anybody, even a second, you third, bet. fourth, or fifth date. Just Ever. there's too many, too many sounds and there's grunting and other things and there's sweat. And, you know, it's just if, Mike, if that's going to be involved, also, I don't want it to be at the gym. That's all I'm saying. I'm not going to get distraction. deep. There's also distraction. One of the other things that is in my article is that it should not your first date should not be at a single event because of that kind of distraction to where you might not even realize that you're being distracted by other people that are walking by, which happens at a gym too, that you, the first date should not be even close to an environment that is conducive to that kind of distraction. It should really be, that should definitely be public. Remember, I'm also a prosecutor. It should definitely be public and safe, but it should be intentionally strategized to maximize the opportunity to bond and form chemistry. I, I like all this is good advice. Where do we find it, Wendy? My, you know, my favorites that I always recommend to other people are there's lots of great coffee houses that are trendy, they're fun, they've got interesting menu items, but they're also not so loud that you're not going to be able to hear the other person talk. And that's why I I always advise, yeah, I always advise, go check it out first, because you may be able to see the photos on the internet, you are not going to be able to experience the ambiance unless you're actually there, you hear how loud the music is, whether they're screaming college kids at the bar that are just you know, so rowdy that you can't have the opportunity to bond. So, but those types of more casual, but classy upscale environments, just make sure it doesn't go into the realm of candles and the romantic, because then that, that level of awkwardness is going to preclude the kind of bonding you might otherwise be able to do. 
Okay, leave the phone at home or just put the phone in your car when you're on the date or just shut it or, off. Or, or, you know what, Let's maybe in your pocket on silent mode. We don't want to go too crazy here. <laughs> That's true. Well, yeah, I know. We're all addicted. But, uh, where do we find home. Where That's do we right. find your column, Wendy? Uh, it's Psychology Today. It's called When Bad Looks Good. And I post all the time. The, the Yesterday's post is why we're attracted to our friends. <laughs> You got to check this out. Dr. Wendy That's Patrick, PhD, right. psychologytoday.com. And uh, always Mondays on this show, even if she's on vacation, I've learned. Thank you, my friend. That's it. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Mike. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Your Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. I, I tell you, I'm uh, that Dr. Wendy always surprises me. And you know, she talked about people in their dating habits uh, putting down their phones, turning the phones off. I think it's a good idea, not just for dating. I think it's a good idea for just about. Everything at mealtime, if you're not having a working lunch, I think it's a good idea to shut the phones down and maybe we all start communicating with each other. Maybe we all start just looking each other in the eyes and, and start saying, hey, you know, it seems like a good idea actually talking to each other. You'd be surprised what happens when you look somebody in the eyes as they're saying something to you. It'll make a big difference. Not just in, in your life, but in theirs. There's a story on The Blaze uh, over the weekend that caught my eye. And it's about California deciding to vote to be more lenient. The story's about what's happened in the three years since California decided, you know, let's not be so tough on people. And crime is spiking in California. And, you know, then I look at the, the, the story out of New York, where New York City is, is kind of getting more lax. And I will tell you, New York City used to be a place that when Rudy Giuliani cleaned it up and then turned it over to Michael Bloomberg, and Bloomberg we worried about, but Bloomberg kind of maintained the status quo. But now New York City has a socialist mayor who's turning the city into a sanctuary city, and he's also saying we're not going to we're not going to have uh, people arrested for smoking pot or urinating on the street anymore. Let's just let's just tell them to cut it out and keep moving. Well, suddenly Times Square is now a a war zone, pretty much. Times Square has become a place where tourists are assaulted by Disney characters demanding money and naked women. Not that there's anything wrong with a naked person, but when you got kids walking around. Come on, New York. This, this lightening up on everybody, not arresting people for urinating in the streets. We see what's happening. It's not order. It's disorder. We need the rule of law. We'll be right back. 
You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Checking in on the early vital question. Tesla Motors delivering new Model 3. Manufacturer suggested retail price of 35000 Would you buy an electric car? Currently 52% of you say no. 38% like me say yes and 10% cannot decide. Ah, uh, boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Aren't you glad you live in America? Seriously, aren't you glad you live in the United States of America? I, I, I know a lot of people right now, a lot of folks are saying, I don't, I don't think my country resembles the country that it used to be. It's changing so quickly. A lot of people saying they don't like President Trump and they wish they could move to Canada. And part of me wishes they would. Because then they would experience what, what Kyle... Earl Monroe experienced just a couple of weeks ago. Kyle Earl Monroe, he was arrested, you see, charged with attempted murder. Now, here's the weird part of this. Kyle Earl Monroe lives in uh, the Halifax region, Nova Scotia, and uh, three men broke into Kyle's home, home invasion thing, entered the house with guns, three men. A struggle took place with, with two men inside. The two in the home, the people that were in the home, Kyle and one other person, managed to wrestle and, and fight and seize a firearm from one of the suspects. Several shots fired. Pew, 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 pew. The suspects ran away. The police located one of the suspects, and uh, one of the shots that Kyle Earl Monroe fired hit one of the suspects. Not life-threatening, but struck the target. Now, wait a minute. You're saying Kyle Earl Monroe was arrested and charged with attempted murder? Yes. Yes, welcome to Canada, friends. Kyle Earl Monroe was in his home. Kyle Earl Monroe was enjoying his life. Kyle Earl Monroe was the victim of a home invasion by three men, armed men, who broke into the home. Kyle Earl Monroe was lucky enough in the scuffle that ensued to take the gun away from one of the men and fire off some rounds. You're not allowed to do that in, in Canada. As a matter of fact, you're now charged with intempt, attempted murder, intent to discharge a firearm, intent to discharge an additional firearm when being reckless, careless use of a firearm, improper storage of a firearm, pointing a firearm, possession of a weapon for a dangerous purpose, unauthorized possession of a firearm, and possession of a firearm, knowing that possession of a firearm is unauthorized. 
and possession for the purpose of trafficking. Now, that last part, I think, might be the reason why all of these other things happened. Do you think that Kyle Earl Monroe was somehow involved in the drug trade? Maybe. But still, if you are at home minding your own business in Canada and people break in with guns and you take one of the guns from them and then shoot that person, you are now able to be charged with attempted murder. Mr. Monroe, of course, is now banned from any contact of the two named individuals. He has to go to court as ordered, keep the peace, and be of good behavior and will not leave his residence for essential activities such as work or medical appointments, has to remain in Nova Scotia, not consume drugs, alcohol, or possess a cell phone or pager. And, of course, he has to answer the door when the police come by to check his home. Aren't you glad you live in America where if someone breaks into your home and you are a legal fire owner, firearms owner, you are permitted to protect your property? Hmm. Yeah. Very interesting. Very interesting. A couple of bits of, of news popping this afternoon. By the way, California 2028, California 2028, apparently you are getting the Olympics again. That just popped on, on the news wires. California getting the Olympics in 2028. I wonder if we'll still have countries. I wonder if we'll have men's, women's, and transgender games by 2028. There's also breaking news that Anthony Scaramucci, the mooch is loose. The mooch has resigned. Anthony Scaramucci is out as communications director. So anybody who said, gee, that Sean Spicer had the shortest term of communications director of anybody in the history of the presidency. We now have a new Guinness World Record as the mooch. Anthony Scaramucci has apparently resigned his post in the White House. What do you think? Gee, why do you think this happened? I don't know. The guy came in. He was accused of uh, bullying, as you heard. He said some things that I don't think any of us would have said in representing the president of the United States, despite what our Italian friends have said defending Scaramucci. But it appears that Anthony Scaramucci is out on the heels of his impending divorce from his second wife, the birth of his fifth child. What will the mooch do now? Now, who takes over? Do you think this is General Kelly's doing? Do you think that General Kelly, in assuming the leadership in the White House, pulled the president aside and said, Sir, with all due respect, we got to straighten up and fly right here. We got we to gotta set this thing back on a, an even keel. We need this, this ship of state to be righted. The Mooch only got, what was it, one ride? Two rides, on a round-trip ride on Air Force One. Fascinating. Fascinating. It's a big, a big day. Other breaking news today. Uh, a little bit of uh, good news. And I think this one is, 
is one of my favorite strange stories of the day. Do you remember the name Steve Bartman? Steve Bartman, he was the Chicago Cubs fan who many believe jinxed the Cubs when he he reached over and, and caught a foul ball years ago during the playoffs. Steve Bartman, they are reportedly giving Steve Bartman a World Series ring, which they say will complete his redemption. Bartman reached for a foul ball during Game 6 of the 2003 National League Championship Series and tipped it away from a Cubs fielder. And the Cubs went on to lose and not make it to the playoffs. Steve Bartman getting a World Series ring. You got to admit that this is kind of a, a wonderful thing to do to, I guess, reverse whatever curse was left. And think how many people barely, barely made the, uh, or barely missed playing for the Cubs. Bartman had a statement on this. He said, although I do not consider myself worthy of such an honor, I am deeply moved and sincerely grateful to receive an official Chicago Cubs 2016 World Series championship ring. I humbly received the ring not only a symbol of one of the most historic achievements in sports, but as an important reminder of how we should treat each other in today's society. Think about that. I do not consider myself worthy of such an honor, the opening statement. Can we all get a little more humble in our lives? Bartman went on to say, I'm deeply moved and sincerely grateful to receive an official Cubs World Series championship ring. I am humbly, I humbly receive the ring, not only as a symbol of one of the most historic achievements in sports, and here's the good part, but as a reminder of how we should treat each other in today's society. Good for you, Chicago Cubs. Even this South Sider can stand up and say bravo. Well done. And with that, We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Just as we're looking at the exit ramp, it looks like so is Anthony Scaramucci. Just as we suspected, just as we kind of projected, uh, the mooch is out. And it, it is believed that it was General Kelly who said, come on, people, what are we doing here? And uh, from, from what we're hearing, Anthony Scaramucci realized that he needed to get out and he fell on his sword now it, it is kind of amazing kind of amazing and if if you're keeping score <laughs> that's one more body checked off the list oh my gosh there's supposed to be a briefing an on-camera briefing in about an hour at the at the white house Apparently at 3.45 East Coast time today, there will be a briefing. And this 
should be interesting, my friends. This should be fascinating to watch. So uh, I, I cannot wait to see it. And I do believe that ultimately this is better. This is better for the office of the presidency. It is my opinion, as I said last week when we talked about this, that I, I don't think it would hurt the president to be a little more presidential. I don't think it hurt the president to just maybe have a little uh, higher caliber of individual. So Scaramucci out. I wonder who's next. Wonder who's coming in next. This will be fun to watch. I'm sure uh, the liberty-loving Latino will be uh, in, up all over this. He's waiting in the wings. So this will be, be one to watch. We will see. We shall see. I did not get to um, one of the stories I wanted to get to was the, I watched the alleged debate between Tommy Lahren and, um, and what's her name from the comedy world? Uh, the one who had the talk show forever and ever and ever, not Samantha Bee, but the other one uh, who's now over on Netflix. And it wasn't a debate. It was uh, Chelsea Handler asking questions of Tommy Lahren. And there were a couple of moments in there that Lahren got off a couple of good shots when Chelsea Handler asked, what about the lying? How do you handle the lying? And pretty quickly, Lahren responded, I didn't think we were talking about Hillary, but since you brought it up, and it got a big round of applause and a big laugh and hooting and hollering, but I do think the most interesting point in all of this is, and this goes back to credibility. If you're going to be credible, you have to be consistent. And Tommy Lahren spent much of the time slamming Obamacare and talking about the need to repeal and replace Obamacare. And when asked about her own health care, she said, I don't need to worry about it. I'm only 24. I'm on my parents' policy. I'm sorry, you can't slam Obamacare and demand that the, the Republicans repeal it and get it out of there and then be one of the people cashing in on it, basically, taking advantage of it. That is just hypocrisy, total hypocrisy. So there you have my thoughts on it. Uh, by the way, before we get out of here, I have to remind you one more time if you haven't tried Relief Factor, what in the heck are you waiting for? Don't take my word for it. Go to relieffactor.com and check it out. Also, listen to what Megan out of California had to say about it. She tried it. I've been using Relief Factor for a little bit over a month. It's a 34-year-old woman that has been in a car accident. I suffered from severe neck pain, shooting pain down my arms and legs that would often cause me to limp. At one point, I was going to a chiropractor and an acupuncturist six times a week. I noticed visible improvement within two days of taking your product, Relief Factor, and it has really, truly changed my life. And it has changed mine as well. So I can tell you, go to relieffactor.com, get the 30-day quick start pack. It's 19 or three-week quick start pack, actually, 1995. Three-week quick start pack for 1995. That's less than a buck a day. It started working on a eighth day. It started working for me. 
relief factor. Before we get out of here, I mentioned Steve Bartman getting his World Series ring. And I'm happy for Steve Bartman, a fan who almost screwed things up big time for the Cubs, who got ages of crap from the fans. But more importantly, I, <laughs> I wanted to remember a quote from Cubs manager Joe Madden, who said, look, if I'm honest with you, you might not like me for a day or two. But if I lie to you, you're going to hate me forever. Thank you, Joe Madden. Thank you, Chicago Cubs. Thank you, Steve Bartman, for being gracious and bringing clarity to the discussion. We'll be here tomorrow. Will you? I hope so. Testudo, my friends. Testudo. The Mooch is out. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. The Blaze Radio Network. On demand.